You are listening to We Woke Up Like This, a podcast dedicated to your soul's growth and ascension in this lifetime with your host, Reverend Joya Sosnowski. Enjoy the show. Hello, lights and souls. Reverend Joya here to help you live your best vibe. Happy, happy, whatever the energy this is that we're in. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I have a couple of really exciting announcements to make. Um, one, the first is that my BFF and the whole world, my spiritual companion, Celia is going to be joining me in Vibology. So we'll be coming together regularly to do talks and teachings and to offer, uh, we're going to build a membership community together, uh, that's based on helping you in your soul growth process, which which is what we're both so passionate about, so passionate about it. And so that's first. So she'll be coming and joining me really soon. And then this week, I wanted to talk about, well, first, my book. My book is out. Yay. Here is my book. It's called, well, it's backwards on this camera, but it's Practical Spirituality, 15 Practices to Heal, Awaken, and Embody Your High Vibe Self. And it's a super short book because, you know, there... I've said this a billion times, and I really do mean it. There's nothing new to teach. There's only practices to practice, right? So it's it's what resonates with you and what gets you to want to practice. And, of course, my favorite way of practicing and transforming is through the power of sound because it's vibrational medicine. It's vibrational healing that helps you to, number one, in the healing process, sound, I really believe, helps you to... Well, the vision that I saw, I'm a visual thinker, is that it's like stepping your foot into a still pond of your body, which we know is the unconscious mind, right? So you're stepping your foot into this still pond and it whoosh, stirs everything up energetically. And everything that arises to the consciousness from the unconscious has arisen for you to see it. And you can, when you can see it, then you can heal it because you can accept it, you can love it, you can release it. And this is the practice, right? It's the forgiving the loving, the accepting, and the releasing of all of these things that are stuck within us. And healing, Celia gave me the most beautiful definition from our teachers, uh, Dr. Mary Holnick from University of Santa Monica Spiritual Psychology Program said, love or healing is the application of love to all of the places inside that hurt. And I love that definition because that's exactly what healing is. We don't heal by judging ourselves. We don't heal by... Uh, keeping ourselves stuck in that pattern of struggle, of fear, of rejection, of unworthiness, of of self-judgment and all of the things that self-judgment bring, right? So that's what healing is. And then awakening, of course, I just love the word awakening, which I say in my first chapter is I love the word awakening because it implies that something was asleep in the first place, right? You can't awaken (laughs) when you aren't asleep. And so it does indicate and say it's like something's asleep. So we're awakening. And what we're awakening is to a different way of being vibrationally conscious in this physical vessel called the body. And I've shared many times about my experience of my transcendent consciousness dropping in and asking me, like taking me out of the body in this very pure observational space of just noticing and witnessing with zero judgment and just then asking, what vibration of consciousness do you want animating your body? And that question changed my life. 
for sure. And then practices to embody this higher vibrational self, this higher vibrational consciousness, this higher vibrational way of being. Now, what I love about vibration, the higher something is vibrating, the more still it appears to be. So you can think of um, like, look at a hummingbird and how fast a hummingbird's wings are oscillating. That's a vibration. The wings are vibrating at a certain frequency at a certain rate. And they're going so fast that they appear to not even be there when you're observing a hummingbird and the, and how still that movement is or helicopter blades when they're moving it or your fan in your own house, right? You see it spinning and it starts to look like you can just see the four blades in a, in a point of stillness. And so the same is true for a higher vibrational way of being that's not in the physical body and the consciousness visits the body. Consciousness comes into the body. So the way that I understand it, and this is a whole new understanding. So every time I get a, a new awareness, a new expansion on my own inner explorations of things, on my own inner understanding of things, I share them because what I learn, I know that other people if one person learns it, another person can learn it faster, right? That's why we teach. We teach it so other people can go, oh, I got it. And so then that, that immediately leapfrogs you to a different level of consciousness that you're now creating from. And once you're at that different level of consciousness that you're creating from, then you can leapfrog somebody else. And it just goes on and on. And this is how we expand our consciousness. And so the higher vibration of consciousness is the field itself. And I want to read you something that I stumbled upon this morning from The Way of Mastery. I've read this book many, many times, and I share that this is the book that completely changed my life. And Spirit just has really led me to read it again and to read it again from the very beginning, chapter one, <laughs> which, I mean, this is a big book. It's, I don't know how many pages. It's, um, well, let's take a look. How many pages is it? 441. 441 pages of really deep, intense writings. And chapter one is lesson one, the way that calls you home. And he said something in here that I was like, wow, now I know my spirit wants me to read this again because um, I'm reading it with eyes that haven't read it before. I'm reading it from a new level of consciousness. And I took a whole bunch of notes on it this morning in my journal because I just decided that that's the way to do it. So he says in here that your experience is the effect of your choice of where you have cho chosen to focus your attention of your consciousness. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The experiences that you're having, I'm going to put this in normal person language here. The experiences you're having are the effect, which I've said that before, right? All effects, all of life, everything right now is the effect of things we've already chosen in the past. Everything we're experiencing right now in this now moment is really the past made manifest. So when we notice this, right, and we're, this is about taking radical responsibility. My experience is the effect of my choice of where I have chosen to focus my attention of my consciousness. Okay, so I broke that down. Because I see, I think in pictures and I see when I'm reading things, when I'm hearing things, when people are talking to me, I see visuals in my mind of what they're saying, how it could be represented. And so I really understood this through the lens of spirit asking me, what vibration of consciousness do you want animating the body? And so what this said is, and this is what I wrote, your experience is the effect of my choice of the focus of my attention 
of my consciousness. So it's where you're directing your attention of your consciousness. So visualize yourself, the body, as being a tool, an instrument, if you will. And there's a, an energy called consciousness, which is the field, this collective field that we live in, which was very much alive. Uh, Yeshua called it the Ruka force, which means it's, a, it's an energy field that we all live in which of course now quantum physics knows is the field and that it is consciousness, that it is, that it is awake, that it is conscious itself. And before you and I come along, everything exists in a state of pure potentiality. So imagine everything around you right now. If you can imagine around you is floating, um, uh, I see it as like picture a whole bunch of little golden orbs of light, right? Trillions, gazillions of them. So many that they are appearing as stillness. <laughs> so many that you can't see them. And from this gazillion trillion points of existence, points of consciousness, you are the organizer of what aspect of that consciousness comes through you. Does that make sense? So you're vibrationally choosing now. Imagine that you're a, a tool who can focus a laser beam that's drawing from all of the energy to create this one laser beam of focus of consciousness, of directed consciousness. And that's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. That's what we're all doing, right? So I wrote this. Consciousness, well, this is what it said in the way of mastery. Consciousness is unlimited and in all dimensions. That's what it said, okay? So that's the field, unlimited and in all dimensions. It's the field. And I, a body apparatus, choose to call a portion of it into a three-dimensional experience in this temporary illusion of this reality called my life. We call in what's a vibrational match to our focus and our attention. Your awareness is your attention. Your focus is your lens of perception, which is based on your beliefs. Mm. So now we're getting to the juice. This is all my notes, what I wrote on it. So then when I wrote on, on your beliefs, right on the belief system, again, we got to go, it always goes right back to the beliefs, right back to the conditioning, because we're memory storage apparatuses. That's what we are. Our bodies, every cell is a crystalline memory structure with an antenna that is sending out a frequency, constantly emitting a frequency and constantly receiving a frequency that is in alignment with the vibration being sent out. So when we change our vibration of consciousness that we're picking up from the field, when we start picking up a higher level of consciousness, a higher vibrational of consciousness, our experience changes. Because when you, oh, how did Dr. Wayne Dyer say it? When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, right? It's not the things changing and then you see it. It's you change it and then you see it. Because you are the projector and the creator of a dimension of reality through you. You are your own lens of perception. You are your own uh, reality apparatus, if you will, called you. And it originates from your belief system. So I looked at the etymology of the word belief. And it means to hold dear, to love, to have faith, or to have confidence. To hold dear, to love, to have faith, to have confidence. This is what you believe in. This is what I hold dear. This is what I have faith in. This is what I place my confidence in. This is what I love. You as an infinite being have chosen to participate in a form of experience called you, called your life. And this is where I talk about words. So this is what the way of mastery says. You 
listen to words, you create words, vibrational, right? We're, we're vibrational machines. We are vibrational frequency machines and we are creating vibrations with our voices and words and those vibrations come in the form of words, right? And words are vibrations transmitting a meaning, which is always colored by your own perception. That is so true. You're always speaking into somebody else's listening as my BFF Celia has taught me. And um, what does that mean? You're always speaking into somebody else's listening. It means that the words I'm choosing, I'm trying to convey a message through me to a receiver who is going to somehow understand and pick up the same visual meaning, visual representation, emotional rep representation, vibrational representation of what it is I'm saying, what I'm trying to transmit. So with ancient languages like Sanskrit and Aramaic, there are many, many, many words, many, many, many interpretations that can be brought about in words. And it's really powerful to choose your words. Um, you choose in your infinite freedom to attract to yourself vibrational experiences vibrational frequencies called experiences. And then you simply ask, is this an energy I wish to continue in? Or would I choose somewhat something else? This is about taking complete responsibility for your experience here to realize and to ask what vibration of consciousness do I want animating the body? Because when you come down to it, I mean, logically using our mind, right, we can use our mind to break down our own belief systems. We can use our mind to question our own mind because this thinking mind up here isn't, isn't the ticket. It's opening the heart. And that's why this first lesson, this first chapter in the way of mastery is called the way of the heart because it's about retuning into this intelligence that's in our heart and learning how to listen to the voice of spirit, the voice of your soul, the voice of your nausea, which does not scream at you. It does not yell at you. It gives you gentle, loving nudges. And it's up to you to be attuned, to listen to it, to trust it, to let it guide you. And to realize that this up here is meant to be in service of the heart. It's meant to be in service of the heart. So you can use your own intellect to break down your own belief systems when you begin to examine your own thoughts, your own mind, what's going on inside of you, and you question your own self. Okay, so I'm not going to read all of that, but it gets me into my book in Practical Spirituality that the first lesson, I talk a lot about the nafsha in this book because I'm introducing the concepts of Aramaic in this book, which I feel are um, paramount. It's what Yeshua was, was teaching us. He was teaching us that we are wired to awaken. He was teaching us that there is a way to embody and live from your higher vibrational self, your nafsha, which is connected to the field, so that you can now select vibrationally from the quantum field experiences that are of a higher vibration in nature. And things that are of a higher vibration in nature are love, peace, bliss, joy, playfulness, happiness, ease, grace, forgiveness. There, I mean, it's just all the higher vibrational frequencies that you would find in David Hop Hawkins' map of consciousness, right? So you've got the, the highest vibration being enlightenment. So this is why we want to uh, tune into this vibration of the nafsha and let it lead our life instead of us leading our life with our thinking. And our thinking thinks 
we're real. And all you have to do to break down that illusion is to ask what is real? Which thoughts are real? Which personality is real? What, what, what is you? What is the consciousness you would call you? What is it? Is it your personality? Is it your job? Is it who you are as a parent or a spouse or a partner? Is it who you are in your sex or in your religion or in your identity of your body? Is it who you are uh, when you were little? Is it who you are when you were a teenager? Is it who you are when you, heck, is it who you are even last year? Is it who you were in 2020? Is it who you were yesterday, right? So there's all these different aspects of consciousness that come and go, that come and go as visitors in this physical body. And Rumi, of course, talked about that in his poems and in his writings about the visitors. That's you. That's your consciousness, your own consciousness. So the question is, what is the consciousness that animates your body? And the answer to that is, I can allow my nafsha, my higher self, my Christ consciousness, attuned to the field where there is a higher vibrational frequency of what people would call the 5D perhaps now and above that you can create from. And when you begin to operate and let that become the operating system for your life, you're now, you've opened your heart. And in that, you trust. You trust that there is a source creator who is and can and will guide your life because it is the consciousness that is tuned in always to the field and always seeks the highest expression through you because you're here to express the good, the holy, and the beautiful, as I talked about on my last uh, conversation and what good, holy, and beautiful mean. And when you're here to create the good and the holy and the beautiful, then you're doing that when you are tuned into your highest vibration of consciousness, your nafsha, your higher self, allowing and flowing in you through you as you and that you trust the guidance, you trust those intuitive nudges of, of talk to that person, go through that door, go read this book, uh, yes, say yes to being on that podcast, say yes to this, say no to that. You just trust and you know that if you allow it and you trust it and you embrace it, then that's how you transcend your own ego. That's how you transcend your own life and that's how you know with beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's not me, the personality, the ego, the the design, if you will, who does anything, but it is the source creator flowing through me, through my nafsha, the organizing principle of my life, down into me so that I can create what is good and holy and beautiful through the highest expression of my being in this lifetime. I mean, that's what we're here to do. We're here to keep awakening, expanding, and expressing the good, the holy, and the beautiful. Right. And whatever that looks like for you and your higher self coming down through you. And we all have individuality, which is what makes it so beautiful. And when we can step into this power, this is where our true power lies. It takes away the judgment. It takes away the comparison. It takes away the fear. It takes away all of it because none of it makes sense because we recognize and we realize that this, this body is a temporary learning device, a temporary apparatus, a temporary borrowed car that I'm driving through this third dimensional plane in to create and to learn and to experience and to grow and to know that everything that I go through personally, if I can turn my intellect um, around 
and know that it's here, that it's directly from my source creator to help me awaken, to help me step into my higher self, then I don't get hooked by it. I don't claim it as me. I claim it as an experience. And if I'm having this experience and I want something else, well, then I'm going to have to choose differently. I'm going to have to choose to focus the lens of perception of my awareness of my consciousness onto something else. So in this first chapter, I talk about uh, realization and awakening. And I'm not going to get super into this chapter, but I just wanted to say they're all really short. I am creating, uh, as I speak, this I'll have it finished this weekend, I'm creating modules to go with each one of these chapters. And they're very short because I want to, at the end of the teachings, I give practices, I give energetic practices. And the point of, of any of this, right? I could talk about it all day. I can tell you about it all day long, but it's really you taking the time to be with yourself, to be with yourself, to look within, to question your experiences, to acknowledge your experiences, to not run from your own self when you notice what is blocking inside. Where's the darkness inside? Where's the Where's that place in you that's just that's just locked up in you? And in the way of mastery, it's I just love at the end where it says, I commit. And in fact, I'll read it to you because it's so beautiful. Um, it gives an exercise about breathing and this beautiful meditation about committing to being one who stops playing around with this. You, you stop playing around with your life and you realize that your time here is finite. You have a you have a, a span of time that's in your body I'm talking about, right? You have a span of time in this body to learn lessons, to create, to be, to embody, and to to teach your to teach the field, to teach the consciousness. You're 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 creating in the field of consciousness. And when your consciousness exits the body, it returns to the field of consciousness. You're still the consciousness. You're still the consciousness, but you're not the body. You're not the personality. You're not, you're none of these things, but you take the experiences with you. So the more that you can tune into the vibration of the truth of the loving nature that you truly are, the truth, the reality, the love, the peace, and the bliss, which is just really what it is, then that's what you take. That's what you exit with. That's what you go with. And you come to the end of your life and you say, oh, I, I did it right. I lived it up. I lived it up. I, I, I feel like I did what I was supposed to do, knowing that it's not me doing anything, but it's source flowing through me and that I did the best I could do in this life. And you feel complete. You don't end the, you don't end your days with regrets, with fears, with, with, uh, just, I've, I've seen it and it breaks my heart. And that's like my, that's, this is why this is my passion is conscious living helping you have conscious living and conscious dying, which is another field I'm moving into because this is our life. This is your life. You've got this life. You've got today. You've got this moment. You've got this choice. Where do I want to focus my attention on my consciousness? So I want to read you this because it's beautiful. Close your eyes for just a moment and take a deep breath into the body and let it go. And now I would invite you to do that again. And as the breath is leaving your body, hold the thought that there is nothing worth holding on to any longer, 
that keeps your peace and happiness at arm's length. Become committed, fully committed to the experience of happiness, even as you've been fully committed to unhappiness and limitation and lack. Give your creator full permission through this study to sweep the basement clean. There really isn't down there worth defending or protecting. It will come to pass that you will know the perfect peace of empty-headedness and not-knowingness. You will know what it means to be relieved of time and to be comforted by what is eternal. That's so beautiful. I love that. And there is this sense of, I've touched that. I've touched that place, that isness, that stillness, that, that perfect peace that surpasses understanding when you have this really deep inner knowing in here of who you really are, of who you really are. And so when you do things in life that are of the ego again, right, when you go back into whatever it is that we're doing that self-destroys and self-sabotages and commits us to our unhappiness and our lack and our limitation and our unworthiness and all of the other things that we've committed to because we've bought into belief systems that aren't ours, we can free ourselves from that. We can free ourselves from that. And when we do, we get to step into where we want, where we want to choose to place the focus of our attention, of our consciousness, and to be aware that, wow, there's a choice in this. What do I want to see? What do I want? To, what do I want to see? What do I want to notice? Where do I want to give my attention, which is my energy? Where do I want to give that attention to? And to know that the way of the heart is the way that calls you home. And I love that this part last, this is the last part I'll read about this in the way of mastery. And if you're interested, get the book. It's the way of mastery from the Shanti Cristo foundation. It's my favorite book in the world, way more than course in miracles. Um, the way of the heart does not know the word avoidance. The way of the heart does not know deception, manipulation, or control. The way of the heart does not know blame, but it watches all these things arise as echoes of old patterns now outgrown. It learns to see them, to recognize them, like you might recognize certain kinds of clouds that pa pass through the sky and then turn the attention of the mind that a new choice might be made mindfulness, mindfulness, mindfulness. <laughs> Why do we want to guard our mind? Because we want to choose. We want to be aware. We want to know when these energies pop up, these old habits, these old beliefs, and not from a place of judgment, but just so that when they do pop up, we can see them and we go, oh, well, that's interesting. There's that energy again. And in fact, I wrote a little recipe. Where's my book? I wrote a little, a little, um, a little recipe, if you will, about how to work with it and it is like when you notice something coming up so when you are deciding to answer the question what vibration of consciousness do I want animating my body and you can say to yourself I commit to trusting my creator for the pathway before me that will lead me home I stay with the inner experience of my own mind body and emotions I will stay and I will be honest about them. And what does that mean, staying? It means I'm not going to distract myself. I'm not going to pick up my phone. I'm not going to take a drink. I'm not going to shop. I'm not going to have sex. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to go gambling. Whatever it is that we do to us. I'm not going to light a cigarette. I'm not going to, the phone is the number one. I'm not going to pick up my phone and scroll on social media, right? I'm going to stay. I'm going to be honest about them. I love myself 
for the power to create these insane perceptions in the first place. We're just misusing our will and our power. That's it. We haven't been taught. We've been taught through belief systems from other people who also didn't know how powerful we are and what we're here for. So here's the recipe. Number one, decide to take total responsibility for your experiences here. Knowing that I'm experiencing this because this is where I've chosen to, I'm experiencing the effects of where I've chosen to place the lens of my perception of my consciousness. And if my consciousness is low, if I'm in victim consciousness all the time, then I'm going to create experiences to reflect that experience. Does that make sense? Because we're always focusing our attention and the effects are, the, our experiences are the effects of where we are choosing to place our attention, whether we're placing that attention unconsciously or not. But that's the point. That's why we want to become mindful. We want to become aware of what we're thinking about so that we can choose to think something else. We want to become aware of what we're feeling so that we can choose to have a different feeling. We want to be aware of what we are reacting in so that we can choose to go into creation instead of reaction, which I've said before, same letters, right? A reactor is a creator who got all messed up. So number one is taking total responsibility for your experiences here. Number two is to look deeply and honestly into the darkness of the ego, which in this book, Yeshua says, is a cesspool of denial. It is that which lacks the light. The ego is the part of you that's telling yourself the story about yourself and the story about other people, the story about the world. And you want to notice what story you're constantly telling yourself. And if it's not a good story, notice that you're creating that reality. So you want to change that story. Number three, bring light back by observing your own mind, behavior, and reactions with wonder, innocence, and childlike observation. Meaning you just don't know. You're like, huh. Number four, just say, hmm, how about that? Remember, everything is neutral, and the truth is that all that arises within your consciousness has no effect on the truth of reality zero effect on the truth of your ultimate true reality, which is that you are an aspect of source creator expressing itself as you and your ego thinks the body and your life experiences are real. And yeah, they're real. They're real for you. But in the ultimate scheme of time and the ultimate scheme of reality, they're not causing any effect. They don't change the truth of that reality whatsoever. And fifth is to decide to identify with the light that can shine away all darkness, not by fighting it, but by recognizing it, embracing it as your creation and simply choosing again, because the way of the heart does not know avoidance, blame, deception, manipulation, or control. It simply observes these as old patterns you've outgrown. Then step out of curiosity and polite kindness and Take on the role of being committed to healing every obstacle to the presence of love, every obstacle to the presence of love that is hidden in the part of your mind that struggles to remain separate from source. And remember that you are the light that can come to shine upon every aspect of darkness you have ever known. All right. That's the thing right there. It's all inside here. It's all up to you. No book, no teacher, no podcast, no YouTube video, no nothing is going to bring to you the salvation. I'm going to use that word 
that you're seeking, the healing that you're seeking, the, the atonement that you're seeking. It's going to come from inside you when you yourself shine your own light on your own darkness. This is what we all have to do. This is doing the shadow work. This is going down into those lower vibrational places of shame and guilt and resentment and unforgiveness and anger. And we take a look at those and we say, wow, these are experiences uh, that happen because we're in relationship with other people who also think that they are egos, right? So they're, they're inflicting and projecting their ego wounds, and then we're inflicting and projecting our ego wounds. And when we are the one who chooses to stop doing that, it changes. Yes, it changes your relationships. I'm going to tell you that right now. You got to buckle up, buttercup, because this work is not easy. Because not only are you shifting your behavior, you're shifting the world around you. And when you shift your behavior, the world around you does shift. Because remember, everything you're experiencing is the effect of where you have chosen to place your attention, of your focus, of your consciousness. So when you can see that and you cho choose to stop participating in the dramas, everything around you changes. And people aren't going to be happy about it if they're used to being in the drama dance with you and you step out of the dance, it changes the dynamic of your relation of all of your relationships. And not from a place of judgment, you can just simply see, oh, I've chosen to be in this dance and not what other people are doing. That's none of your business. You don't get to, you, we don't get to control other people. It's how I'm reacting to it. How are you reacting to what's happening in your world? Oh, I'm doing this. I'm participating in this. I can't control however somebody else feels, thinks, does. I can only control what I think, feel, do by noticing the inner world and what's happening inside of me in what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, and what I'm doing. And you can recognize and realize those old energies as they kick up because life is our training ground, right? So you recognize them, you see them, you feel them, you notice them. And instead of giving into them, which you might still sometimes do that. I do. I still do. But when I do now, I go, oh, wow, that was quite, I, and I really literally feel like I chose to step into a tornado. That's how it feels afterwards. <laughs> Energetically, I'm like, whew, I really chose to step into a tornado there. Wow. I really chose to engage in that old behavior. And I'm just not happy that I did that. So I'm not happy with the results. I'm not happy with this experience of the effect I'm experiencing right now where I chose to place my energy, right? So that's what radical responsibility looks like. And it comes with love and forgiveness of just like, oh my gosh, I misused my power. I misused my power. And I shine my light inside in deep love of, oh my goodness, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot what I'm here for. I forgot to call on that light, to bring the light into that energy to shine the light on that energy. And instead I reacted to it. But the more that you do that and you shine the light afterwards on it, instead of being in judgment, instead of being in shame, instead of being in the, the cycles you usually go into, it changes it. It starts to untangle it instantly so that the next time it arises, you recognize it faster and you go, oh yes, here it is again. Do I want to step into this tornado again? Or do I want to sit with this energy instead, be with it, see what's there, ask it what it wants to teach me and know that my life, your life, your experiences are the perfect stepping stones to your soul's growth. 
they're here to teach you all of these lessons, teach you how to get over yourself. I'm just going to say it like that. They teach you how to get over yourself, how to get over your, your wounds, how to get over your pains. And when you, this taking of radical responsibility means you let other people off the hook so that they can take responsibility for themselves too. It means that you're giving yourself grace and space and you are seeing yourself as the powerful, incredible creator that you really are. And you recognize that self-transcendence occurs when you accept it, when you love it, when you see it, when you know it and you go, oh yes, I know that energy. So then when you see it in other people, there's no judgment. You understand it. Now you have compassion. Now you approach it with love. Doesn't mean that you invite the tornado into your life because you can see it. No, that's not wise. That's discernment comes into play here. But it does mean that you're not judging other people because that judgment of other people means there's still a hook in you around that energy that you haven't forgiven yourself for. And so everything that's happened in our lives is the perfect stepping stone to our soul's growth because it's teaching us how to transcend the ego, how to transcend things that hook you so that you stay in constant vibration of the nafsha, of the higher self flowing through you, in you, as you to create and manifest your life so that you are using your design, your template which is your, well, I, I say it's your human design and your gene keys that you're using your design now to create and express uh, in a really unique, one-of-a-kind way through you as only you can, as you were designed and created to do to express the good, the holy and the beautiful of spirit, of source creator on this beautiful planet that we get to be on. So... I think that's all I wanted to share this week. And, and because this is the energy that we're really into is the simplicity of it. It's really not that complicated. I mean, it is and it isn't, right? It is and it isn't. The stopping of the seeking, the stopping of the dramas, the stopping of the participating in the things that harm you, the stopping of the things that you know darn well <laughs> you could choose to stop doing. Yeah, not going to say it's easy because it's not easy but it is transcending. Somebody came to my door right when I was recording. How funny. Okay. We were at the end. So I don't remember what I was saying. I would just invite you. Oh yeah. That's what I was saying. The stillness of this stopping of the seeking, the stillness of the, just recognizing that whatever you're doing is creating an effect, whether it's seeking, whether it's uh, distraction, whether you're going through, you know, whatever you're going through, that when you can stop running and you can turn the light of your own love inward, that transformation can then happen. And that's where the invitation lies. And again, no, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it gets easier. That's what I was saying about the, the momentum, because remember, everything is energetic, right? We are energy systems. And when you have been habitually programmed to be in a belief system that's propelling you in one way, especially if it's just in reaction mode, right? 
and then you're you're changing that energy in the beginning it requires a lot of energy to change that energy it requires a lot of energy to say no it requires a lot of energy to be with and it's only as difficult as we believe it to be as i've had the um that beautiful wise experience again of not only my higher self asking me what vibration of consciousness I wanted asking or inner what vibration of consciousness I want animating my body I also had the beautiful download of knowing that the only thing left to heal was is my belief that there's anything left to heal because we could go on seeking forever we can go on seeking for an eternity or we can choose to wipe the slate clean and the healing can then happen a lot faster, which is why I like to use sound to, to do that because it invites in the healing. It's helping you to repattern those systems and those places in you that have been stuck. I love you so much. You're so amazing. Thank you for being here. You spark of light <laughs> here on planet earth at this time. Hmm. We're so lucky that we're here and that we're all awakening and creating a beautiful new earth, a new world together. And the way that we do that is by working in here first and clearing out all of the obstacles to love, clearing them all out and we can do it. All right, see you soon. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks so much.